Hi, I'm Sarah Trott, and welcome to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm a new mama, and this podcast is all about postpartum care for the first few months following birth, the time period also known as the fourth trimester. My postpartum doula, Esther Gallagher, is my co-host. She's a mother, grandmother, perinatal educator, birth and postpartum care provider. Fourth trimester care, our topic, is about the practical, emotional, and social support parents and baby require. And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting. Hi, welcome to the fourth trimester podcast. This is Esther Gallagher with you this week. Sarah cannot join us uh, due to family and work commitments. And so it's just me today. I'm sorry, Sarah can't be with us. She's always got the best queries and input. And I miss her (laughs) when she's not here with me. This week, we're going to be talking about more about visiting. So this is food for thought for parents to be, for partners of moms who plan to breastfeed, for adoptive parents who have friends and family who've offered to help, or I might add, who have not offered to help because somehow they think that just because you didn't give birth to this baby, you're not going to need help. So hopefully all of the tips that I'm going to discuss today will be helpful to new parents. And my deepest wish is that these tips are heard and understood by those who have decided that they ought to be able to visit uh, new parents and maybe have been asked to visit uh, in the first six weeks by the new parents, but maybe hadn't really thought about how to make that visit a truly enriching experience for everyone involved and really giving thought to how can I be an agent of support and what can I do to minimize any sort of stress for the new parents? So we're going to launch in. Remember how often I have iterated and reiterated on this podcast how important it is for new parents to sleep when the baby sleeps. And in order to do that, they're eating when the baby eats. And when the baby's needs for burping, diaper changing, holding while they get through a fussy period or just are in active alert and quiet alert states and not sleeping, that that parents have the opportunity to do the self-care that cannot be done for them. So that's where we start, that parents really are in a state of recovery and healing, having given birth, and their bandwidth needs to be focused on baby, as well as how to do their best self-care, when and how. Now, most parents imagine 
that the time to do self-care or anything else that they've put on their plate is when the baby's sleeping. And I'm here to tell you that in the first six weeks, that is a dangerous notion. When we live in a culture where we are more and more and more and more learning about what has been true for long since before we started to acknowledge it, that the mental health states for new parents is shockingly not a picture of wellness. And we know that in this culture, parents struggle to get healthy nutrition, adequate sleep, and time for self-care, whether or not they're pregnant or postpartum, but particularly when they're pregnant and postpartum, or going through the process that takes so much time and focus and effort of creating their family through foster care or adoption, that when this is so true, we need to refocus on basic human needs, nutrition, sleep, appropriate exercise, and those little fundamental self-care moves like brushing our teeth. (laughs) So how can you support a new family? Well, the first thing you can do is not insist that you need to see them or their baby, right? That's not a need. It's not a need on your part. There are lots of ways that you can stay connected and be supportive to new parents. It's a longing. I totally resonate with the longing and it's a wonderful longing, but it's not an entitlement. It just isn't. And as I said on the previous podcast, when asked, you know, the question Sarah put forth in the voice of the visitor, the potential visitor, oh, but we just love that baby. We just want to see that baby. Uh, My answer to that is, have you forgotten the parents? Have you forgotten your baby? A person who's just adopted their child or given birth to their child or is supporting intimately the person who's just given birth to that child? Um, Have you forgotten that they too have deep uh, abiding basic human needs in this sacred and fraught and vulnerable process they're in? Please, please don't forget the parents Put them first. After all, they are who are now responsible for the well-being of that baby. You're not. You get to go home. You can give all your advice and leave. However you may think you're responsible for all of this, the actual bottom line fact is that you are not. The parents are. And they are the ones who require our support. And that needs to come primarily in the form of basic human needs and respect for the sacred nature of what is unfolding. Now, 
I know there will be people out in the world who say, sacred, are you kidding me? People are giving birth and adopting children 24-7 around the world all the time. What's sacred about that? Well, I will ask you to just take a step back and ask yourself why in so many of the world's sacred practices, being a newborn, being a new parent is the story. It's the sacred story. It is sacred. However mundane, it is also paradoxically true that it is sacred. It's a sacred time and it doesn't, it's not over with the birth. It extends into the lifetime, but especially in the first six weeks to three months. So much is in transition. So much of this is a journey that parents are taking that they, it's an exploration. They've never been on this journey before, except as a newborn themselves. So um, they are learning as they go. So how can we respect that? Well, as I've said often, but I feel it's very important to say again and again, the way that we respect that is to quiet our minds, quiet our hearts, open our eyes and ears, be observant, notice when a baby is sleeping, encourage parents without words, right? Without a whole lot of explanation. I see the baby sleeping. Now would be a great time for you to lie down and rest. I will go do the dishes and prepare some snack plates for you and put them in the refrigerator before I go. Thank you for letting me come visit you and you, your wonderful baby. Thank you so much. Noticing a mother who's clearly very tired, who cannot stay focused in a conversation, whose eyes are starting to, whose lids are getting heavy. Um, notice, offer, would you like to take the baby into bed now and breastfeed lying down and just relax? I am happy to clean your bathroom quietly and prepare that sits bath for you while you're, you and the baby are resting. Thank you so much for allowing me into your home and allowing me to be in your presence in this sacred time. We have instructions on how to prepare sitz baths in previous episodes, but I will go by that little process in a moment. Observing the mom whose baby has come off the breast and offering, would you like me to hold the baby, maybe burp and diaper change the baby? I don't know if you've had a chance to brush your teeth today or go to the bathroom. Why don't I walk the baby around for a few minutes and see if that burp comes up and I'll check the diaper and change it. And when the baby shows signs of wanting the breast, I'll let you know. Thank you so much for letting me come and visit you and your new baby uh, in this wonderful, wonderful time of healing and recovery. I hope your healing and recovery is going well. That's 
sort of the attitudinal stance that I would love if our culture could adopt when visiting new parents. Now, the thing that you're also going to do when you show up for a visit is you will bring nourishing food, not a baguette and chocolates, actual nutrient-dense foods that you've shopped for, and prepared before arriving. You are not entitled to time in their kitchen. You've prepared wonderful snacks, nourishing nourishing things. You're not bringing, you know, croissants and scones and coffee. You're bringing nourishing teas, proteins and fats, fresh fruits, well-prepared, properly prepared, lots of vegetables. These are the things you're arriving with when you arrive with gifts for the new parents. By the way, babies don't need gifts. Their parents have seen to that adequately. And as the moment you arrive, having been granted this wonderful opportunity, you set your timer for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. That's about the time it takes to breastfeed a a baby on the first breast, more or less. Some babies, lots more. Some babies, a little less. That's about the time a mom really can sit in your presence, tell you how she's doing. A dad can talk about what it's like having a new family. And then they're ready. Really, they're ready to rest. So a 20-minute visit. And think about, well, if you have 20 minutes and the parents actually aren't really available for social-emotional time, what could you do in 20 minutes that would be helpful? You could throw in a load of laundry. You could notice that there's a clean load and put it in the dryer. You could notice there's a dry load and fold it. You could do all three in 20 minutes. You could go into the kitchen and put the dishes in the dirty sink, wash them, or put them in the dishwasher and put away, having put away the clean dishes. You could go to the fridge, put your snacks in the refrigerator, having given some to the parents already, perhaps, and Whip up a quick smoothie for the parents so long as they're not sleeping and that blender won't wake them up. (laughs) So those are just a few things. Now, a sits bath, preparing a sits bath may take a little longer. So what does that mean? That means that you've gone to your local herbal apothecary, whatever that looks like. Maybe you've ordered things online. You bring a pasta pot full of water up to boil and turned off the heat. You've added the loose bulk herbs to this no longer boiling water and put the lid back on and you let it steep for 20 minutes. If mom is awake and prepared for a sitz bath, meaning right away she's prepared, then after the 20-minute steep of those herbs, 
while those herbs are steeping, actually, you scrub out her tub, you rinse it really thoroughly, you strain the herbs into the already plugged bathtub, and you add the appropriate temperature water to bring the level of the bath water up to no more than four inches. And then you help mom by holding the baby, get into the bathtub. If the baby's hungry, you hold, you give mom the baby to breastfeed while she's having her soak. By the way, she's not sitting on her stitches or her hemorrhoids. She's leaned back, lying flat on her sacrum in the tub so that this area is not pressurized and is getting the full benefit of the water, the herbal water. She then breastfeeds the baby while you sit nearby and you take the baby when the baby's done breastfeeding or when the mother is ready to get out of the tub. That's an herbal sits bath for a new mom. Very simple procedure. Very important that moms have sits baths in the first week postpartum and very much something she should not have to do for herself, even though it's very, very healing and nourishing for her to have that time to rest and meditate and soak. This might not be the time that you're going to talk with the mom. You're going to let her rest in the tub. Okay, so I think those are some pretty simple, pretty straightforward do's. <laughs> and uh, I want to just very quickly, but hopefully thoroughly go over the don'ts. I, I talked earlier about kind of the don't of entitlement. Just because you claim some relationship to the new parents does not entitle you to invite yourself to visit whether or not you've offered to, in air quotes, help. You're not entitled. These parents very much need to know what they can tolerate, what would be nourishing, and what is too much. And no doubt they have a whole list of people who they are concerned about welcoming into this new baby's life in an appropriate time frame. But having just get, given birth, whatever they may have thought prenatally about how they're going to feel and what it's going to be like after the baby arrives. No, no matter how much time they've had to prepare for the first weeks after bringing home their adopted baby or child of any age, they really don't necessarily know how those first moments and days and weeks will actually unfold. And it's very, very important that they be allowed the spaciousness to take these moments in one at a time as they're unfolding. 
It's huge. So you may be anxious and, and chomping at the bit, but it's very important that we all respect the time and spaciousness needed on the part of new parents to integrate this new experience of being parents. So you're patient. You don't send email after email saying, I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, you really can. And you really have to. And you really should. And that would be the most first most nourishing thing that you do for new parents is you wait patiently without comment or commentary about the waiting. And you integrate your own experience of waiting. Wouldn't that be nice? Just observe yourself in the waiting and see what arises and address it as an adult from your own perspective the best you can without smearing that on the new parents. You channel the love and nourishment that you want to give these new parents into something nourishing. You could prepare several meals, put them in your freezer, and when the time comes and when their freezer is welcoming, you gift them those frozen meals. You could look into funding college. <laughs> if you've got time and money to spare, go to your bank and figure it out. You could do artwork for yourself about this process of becoming somebody related to a new baby and new parents. There's lots of things you could be doing with all that time and energy uh, that might be way more appropriate than just showing up because you want to. Um, I have to tell you how many times, I ha can't even count how many times I've been told by, by my clients, by the new parents, gee, when I hadn't been pregnant yet and I hadn't given birth, I really... When I showed up to visit my friends who just had babies, I was so clueless. I had no idea. And that's the truth of it. You actually don't have any idea. That doesn't mean you're not a good friend. It means you just don't have any idea. And so maybe you contain yourself and say, since I have no idea about what this is like for new parents, I'm going to contain myself and I'm going to wait for the moment and I'm going to try to learn something from people who are no longer in the three months postpartum. Maybe those friends who are now out of the, the fourth trimester can actually teach me something valuable that I can actually take with me next time friends or family are in the fourth trimester. I also want to briefly talk about um, the kinds of blaming and shaming that go on in families and amongst friends. This is no small thing. It's really, really hurtful to new parents. And again and again, I see and hear from new parents who say, yeah, I just had to cross that person off my list. It was very painful. Or yeah, that really changed the relationship that I have to my parent or parent-in-law 
you know, when I realized that they just can't be adults and take good care of themselves when they're in our presence. They expect to be the center of attention. They want to talk about politics, uh, what happened at work without being asked. They're just entitled to spout on for three hours about how terrible, you know, what's going on in the world is without any regard for how that might be met by the wide open hearts, minds, and souls of new parents who need to be able to experience that wide open vulnerability on behalf of each other and their new child and not for the world outside their nest. They can't do anything about it. They probably didn't create it. And what they need now is a kind of protection from it. So knowing how to contain your own stuff, the world outside the nest, trauma, containing those things is very, very important. And if you cannot do this, hopefully those new parents know this about you and they are opting to have you not visit until they feel less vulnerable. They feel they can integrate your personality and your modus operandi. And they are entitled to that. So once again, when you are being given the wonderful opportunity to visit new parents, you arrive with curiosity for the other, right? You have no needs. You don't require them to tell you their story. That's their story. They have good reason to need to contain it. If they've told it at all, they may have told it already too many times. And they just need to be in the present moment. And that present moment may be filled with a lot of quietness and deep observation for themselves and their new baby. What a gift for you to be able to participate in that. So showing up and having the first thing you say to new parents is, so tell me all about the birth. That's not appropriate. It's not, you're not entitled to that story. There may be very good reasons why they are not ready, willing, or able to tell that story, either because it was just, well, always because it was just overwhelming. No matter how it was overwhelming, it was overwhelming. And they are still in the process of integrating their story together and individually. And that doesn't happen when they tell their story to other people who might decide to comment on that story, right? They don't need to integrate your comments and your opinions and your judgments about it. Um, however skillful or unskillful you or I, and I will fully admit to having been very unskillful in this parameter <laughs> for much of my life and career, I did not know better. So 
Those are the primary essential don'ts. <laughs> and hopefully you understand the basis. Think of yourself, put yourself into a time or a place where you yourself were quite vulnerable and needed intensive self-observation and perhaps loving, nurturing, witnessing and observation from others and what it was like for you when you got that and when you didn't. Try to hold that for yourself as a, a reason for your behavior when you're in the presence of new parents. Thanks very much, everybody, for tuning in. And um, if you get a chance, go to our Patreon page and consider uh, supporting us in some small way. It's been a pleasure to be with you once again. And hope to see you next time on the Fourth Trimester Podcast. Tell all your friends, not just the pregnant ones, not just the adopting ones, not just the new parents. Everybody needs to learn about the fourth trimester because everyone is affected. Love you all. Take care. Bye for now. You can subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from us. Thank you for listening, everyone, and I hope you'll join us next time on the fourth trimester. The theme music on this podcast was created by Sean Trott. Hear more at soundcloud.com slash Sean Trott. Special thanks to my true loves, my husband Ben, daughter Penelope, and baby girl Evelyn. Don't forget to share the fourth trimester podcast with any new and expecting parents. I'm Sarah Trott. Goodbye for now.